This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to Civilized Barking. Got some actual football to talk about. I'm Zach Jackson today. My guest is my colleague in Baltimore. His name is Jeff Zurbeck. We'll be there with him in just a minute. Um, thanks for listening. As we mentioned last time earlier this week, it was Jason Lloyd and myself going over roster cuts and roster procedures and what we think big picture stuff so uh, most weeks there will be two podcasts as you probably know the browns play sunday and then play again next thursday so we're not going to get in any kind of routine we're just glad to have some football though aren't we jeff <laughs> yeah sure are uh i don't think uh for a long time this offseason i did not expect uh to be uh getting ready to cover this game that's for sure i, I mean First thing Monday morning or Tuesday, and I don't even know because in this week, who the hell knows, right? But like before I was even out of bed, I was reading your uh, article on Calais Campbell and the Ravens being a tight end factory and all the procedures. So, you know, just not to go too too big of a journalism dork here, but it had to feel good to like write football nuts and bolts things, didn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even, you know, training camp can be tedious. And, uh, you know, I know the fans get all pumped up for it. And that's great. And it is good to get out there. Uh, but then, you know, the 100 degree days start mounting, mounting a little bit. And, and it's the same old drills. And, and you start wondering, but uh, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a training camp as much as this year's. Uh, I would have kept going to training camp for a couple more weeks if it meant just to watch some uh, actual football, see how guys are looking, uh, see how kind of the team is shaping up. It, it, it's, it's been awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm not one that likes to, you know, throw verbal bouquets at the NFL and, and all this NFLPA and all this stuff. But uh with the way they pulled things off so far, and I think there's some hurdles to go, but with the way they pulled things off so far, uh, you have to, you know, give, give them a hand. They, they've done a very good job, and all the teams have been uh, pretty conscientious, and uh, it, it's put us to this point where we're getting ready to cover a football game, which is exciting. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's an A-plus to this point, right? Um, COVID cases were almost non-existent. Protocols were in place. Guys felt comfortable. Uh, now, it was a strange camp here. They had the false positives the one day, which cost them an important day of practice. Uh, you know, the Browns basically had to eliminate half of their indoor facility uh, to make extra locker room and weight room space. Given those protocols, of course, two days they had to move practice inside. So um, I'm just going to start with this thesis statement that's more fact than anything else. The Browns are not ready to play a football game. There's just no way in hell that there is, given all the circumstances, all the change, all of that. Um, the Ravens are pretty good to start with. I don't know. Do you think they're ready to play a game? Yeah, it's tough to say. You know, they had the scrimmage here. Um, you know, I think it was about 10 days ago, 12 days ago. And the offense did not look ready to play a football game. I mean, the, the pre-snap penalties and just some of the mistakes that, you know, you usually see in the early preseason games. Um, you know, they were all there. And, yeah, they've had, you know, almost two weeks now to work on some of that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to expect, uh, that this is going to be a sloppy affair in a lot of ways, and, and there's going to be some mistakes. And then you throw in, you know, the, the lack of tackling, you know, obviously everybody saw that Navy, you know, kind of debacle, uh, recently against BYU and the coach admitted they hadn't tackled once and, and, and it showed Ravens have tackled a little bit. There's been a little live, uh, portions of their, uh, you know, practices scrimmage but certainly not a whole lot. So 
you know, this, these teams tend to play physical games. So you, you certainly have to wonder uh, what's going to be in store um, and, and the quality of play. Uh, but there's also the issue where I, you know, I think the Browns, in a sense, are at a disadvantage because you know they're ushering in a new coach and, and new, you know, coordinators, and uh, that's a little bit different. I mean, the Ravens went 14 and two last year, and they returned every single coach on their staff, uh, which is pretty amazing. I thought you know some guys might get promotions elsewhere, but no, they they have everybody back. Their offense is pretty much the same guys, except for you know Marshall Yonda not there, so. Uh, they should have the advantage there in terms of the continuity and being on the same page and all that. But yeah, I, I don't expect them to look especially sharp either. So it's an absolutely staggering stat here, guys. Uh, John Harbaugh is 20 and four against the Browns, right? And we know that the Browns were historically bad from 15 through 17. But in each of the last two years, these teams have split. And that right there is an indicator that the Browns roster has come miles and miles, right? Because, I mean, the, the Ravens and the Steelers are obviously the gold standard of this division. Um, a lot of people, including the one talking to you right now, would tell you they're two of the best organizations in all of sports. The Browns have been the laughing stock of sports. But to have split with the Ravens and to have bullied them last September uh, before the Ravens went on and won a cool 14 in a row, I mean, Jeff, I agree that the Browns are, are really behind and that there's a chance Sunday gets away. But if it is a dogfight, you know, if it is an ugly game, if the Browns do establish the run, nothing is out of the realm of possibility for, for this weekend. No, I don't think so at all, Zach. I, you know, and I think that's going to be the case around the league. I think there's going to be some results this week that leave people scratching their head. Uh, and part of that will just be the circumstances, um, you know. But, no, you know, the I think the Browns are going to be much better this year. Um, I I, you look at the roster and we ranked all the position by position and the talent and you look at the roster and yeah, they've been banged up a little bit in a couple key spots on defense. Maybe they're a little behind in, in certain spots that the Ravens can exploit a little, uh, but there's just a lot of high end talent there. And, and uh, I, I think, um, you know, the, the, the sense you get when you talk to people is okay. You know, they've had the talent now for a little bit, uh, let's see what Stefanski can do. And, and, you know, you'd have to think this is a huge upgrade in terms of coach. Now I know Stefanski still has to prove stuff and, and we'll see, but yeah, this is a dangerous team. Even when the Browns uh, didn't have the kind of talent that they'll roll out Sunday, they kind of gave the Ravens some issues in, in some games. Like, you know, there was a stretch there where it started getting uh, close and, and then the Browns have gotten over the hump a little in the last couple of years. So no, I, I, you know, I think this will probably be a close game. It's hard to predict because we just don't know what teams are going to show up and how this is all going to work out. Um, but the Browns have too much talent to think the Ravens are going to come in there and roll them off the field. Um, you know, I, I think the Browns will be much better this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, we'll see Sunday how it works out. But uh, they're definitely a dangerous team. And I think the Ravens have recognized that the last couple of years. I agree. I, I think um, to make a boxing analogy here, I, I think the first half will be like the much hyped fight, right? That everybody paid their 60 bucks for and stayed up. And the guys spend the first four rounds, like completely not trying to self-destruct, right? Just dancing around, uh, not trying to, to land that knockout blow. I will say this. I, I think there's one way that the Browns gets away from the Browns and it's that they have not been a good tackling team. And if the Ravens can get any rhythm, and we know if number eight gets out in the open and has guys to pitch it to, 
or, you know, guys to dump it over linebackers heads to, and I'm still not sure exactly how the Browns are going to employ their linebackers. I mean, in a way, when you look at coordinator quarterback and even another year, Jeff, to, to build the kind of team you need around Lamar Jackson, I mean, eventually this offense is going to hit its stride again, right? Yeah, you'd have to think so. You know, a lot of the ball handling stuff with the fakes and and some of the stuff they do in the backfield, a lot of that stuff revolves around rhythm and timing. And, you know, we've seen the ball hit the ground uh, a little much, uh, you know, probably more than than Harbaugh would like in some of the practices and scrimmages. So I, I think it'll be a work in progress early. But they've built the entire offense around him. Um, they have four backs that they can employ. Um, you know, you have probably a top five tight end receiving tight end, at least in the league and a, and a really good one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. So this whole offense is fit, uh, you know, you know, sort of built to fit his skill set, Lamar Jackson's. And it'll be interesting to watch. I, I, you know, I wrote something on that today, Zach. I, I don't know that another quarterback enters the season kind of with, with more expectations and pressure on him in a sense, you know, obviously you have Baker there um, Baker, maybe trying to solidify his spot as the franchise quarterback. And, and that brings a lot of pressure uh, too. Um, but Mahomes has his ring and his huge contract. Brady's legacy is secure, you know, Breeze and Rogers, they have their rings and their hall of fame, you know, future, uh, you know, yellow jackets, but, Jackson, you still have some skeptics. They point to the 0-2 playoff record. They still question whether the Ravens will be able to win in this style long term. So he's got a ton of pressure on him, and, and he's almost looked kind of bored in the last 10 days of camp. And you can just kind of tell. He's ready to face another team. He's ready for a different challenge. He's been very quiet this this uh, training camp in terms of on the field. You don't see he's just been very businesslike. I think he'll be ready. This kid loves to compete. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he won the Heisman as a 19 year old and then came back to Louisville and had a, you know, had a better year statistically than he had the Heisman year. So, uh, he's used to expectations, but, but this will be a little bit of a jump with all eyes on him and, and everything. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be up to the task, but it would not surprise me that if he's not as sharp, you know, last year he threw five touchdowns in week one, I, I would be very surprised if that, that, that repeats itself. Well, let me tell you something, Jeff. If that jet ski couldn't get him, the Browns linebackers and safety sure as hell came back. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm curious. Like, um, you know, being a fantasy nerd, I'm all in on drafting Lamar because you know you're going to get the running yards and, and probably not going to have the same season passing, but could be expected to get better. Still a young guy, still getting comfortable, right? And, that, and that's the thing with Baker here. Um, the Browns have done him no favors, right? They've written a manual on how not to take care of a quarterback that you like <laughs> with all these coaching changes. Yeah. And last year they were just willing to give him the keys and let him go. And he hadn't proven shit. Right. And, mm -hmm. and we saw how that went. Uh, I think the difference is, you know, Lamar can have a little bit of a lesser year, learn and grow for the meantime, and they can still win 10, 11 games and be in the playoffs and still be clicking when it counts. Like Baker, you know, he doesn't have to be world B. He doesn't have to play like a number one pick in the draft. They've done an incredible job putting people around him. But if he doesn't play well and show that he can handle everything, you know, the Monday, Tuesday part, the Sunday part, the off the field part, the getting better reading defenses part, then they're not necessarily married to him because there's new guys in charge. So, you know, they're, they're two totally different guys, obviously, in two totally different spots. Uh, but, but I agree in that, that there's a pressure 
um, there. And, and, you know, I think these Browns, especially early in the year, are going to win by running. Uh, if the Ravens, you know, the Ravens didn't have many weaknesses last year. Run defense was part of it. They tried to address that. So, do, you know, what, what do you expect to see this Sunday and going forward from this kind of remade Ravens front? Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Um, you know, boy, I, I mean, they, you know, what is it, 190, 93 or 195 rushing yards and four touchdowns in Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens defense was booed off the home field last year. Uh, the second matchup, you know, later in the season was a little different story. It seems like the Ravens solidified it a little bit. But the reality was uh, the Ravens did not play the run, you know, that well for much of last year. But it was particularly those zone kind of stretch plays that uh, gave them some issues. And we saw that on the long chub running. And, you know, we know Stefanski and, and his relationship with Gary Kubiak. So I, I think they'll be they'll test the Ravens there. Uh, and, and what's interesting, you know, because we saw it last year, not just with the Browns, the 49ers ran at will with that play, um, you know, against the Ravens, too. So the Ravens were concerned. That's how defenses were kind of attacking them with those stretch plays. And uh, that kind of keyed their offseason overhaul, their front seven, you know, that they, they got Calais Campbell, who's one of the better run stopping interior defensive linemen in the league. Uh, Derek Wolf uh, will give them give them some juice there. Um, and, you know, they subbed out their, their two starting inside linebackers. You'll see Patrick Queen getting the day one start uh, at middle linebacker. So it's an entirely different kind of defense. And, and that Browns game was one of the games they had in mind for why they needed to make these changes. Their base defense last year just wasn't very good, um, you know. So that's why they went to all these different defenses, had a safety playing you know, the dime linebacker only had one linebacker, inside linebacker on the field. There were sometimes they only they had zero inside linebackers on the field, just loaded up with DBs. They kind of tried to mask it as much as they can. But when they got into the playoffs and, and Derrick Henry came to town and just ran it down their throat, I mean, the Titans took advantage of the Ravens' worst, worst fear. They caught him in the, you know, they made him play base defense a lot of the game and the Ravens couldn't stop him. Uh, so we'll see uh, on Sunday, but but Ravens officials are looking at this as a big test for that revamped unit. Can they stop, you know, arguably the best combination of, you know, the best two backs in the league um, and, and uh, an offense that you know is going to run the ball and, and repeatedly test them? Uh, they won't have one of their rookie defensive tackles that looks like their third-round pick, Matabuke. He's, he's hurt, but everyone else should be there and it'll be really interesting to see how the Ravens are able to match up and what they're able to do to kind of contain that Browns running game, which obviously had the huge day in Baltimore last time. Have you drafted your fantasy football team yet? It's time due to quarantine. It's very possible. You might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. And that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped, is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a point-per-reception league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Look, guys, it's weird to talk about this. Maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Just do it. Your friend will appreciate it. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. That's 20% off plus free shipping. The code is athletic. The Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. 20% off, 
free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties at Manscaped. Guys, it's time to watch some football. You should be watching it with Fubo.tv. That's F-U-B-O.tv, F-U-B-O-TV.com. The NFL season here, Fubo.tv, will not disappoint you. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as get local broadcast news. Go to Fubo.tv.com slash The Athletic, F-U-B-O-TV.com slash Athletic. Today, get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. F-U-B-O-TV.com slash Athletic. Start your first month today. So, Jeff, I can't say exactly what I'm going to be watching until I get in that stadium because it's going to be strange, right, and it's going to be new. <clears throat> and, you know, both coaches talked yesterday. I, we don't get much truth from them, but I think they were both being as truthful as they could be when they're saying, like, it's all, always a first game, always new wrinkles, always things you're working on and worried about and maybe not prepared for. So, so we don't know who has any advantage or what. But the one thing I'm going to be watching when I remember is the rookie left tackle for the Browns, who's never played left tackle at any level, you know, going up there. So Calais Campbell is playing on the inside, right? What, yeah. Who will be the primary matchup? And, you know, what do you, what do you expect the Ravens, who blitzed more than any team in the league last year by a wide margin? How do you expect them to treat a rookie tackle making his debut? Yeah, I think they'll go after him. I think they'll challenge him. Um, you know, with the Ravens, I don't think we'll blitz. I mean, they – they blitzed in a historic amount last year. And, and a lot of that was because they just couldn't generate a pass rush, you know, with the front four. Um, and the other part of that is they just really love their corners and they trust them to hold up, you know, in coverage. I don't know that we'll see them be as aggressive this year, but I, I do think they'll challenge him. Um, you know, the guy that they'll have over there, at least to start, will be a combination probably of Pernell McPhee, who's kind of a veteran, and Jalen Ferguson, a third-round pick last year. He's been a little touch-and-go with the back, so we're still going to have to see if he'll be ready. But he normally would be the starter. But Matthew Judon, you know, heading his fifth year playing under franchise tag, he's kind of like growing into that Terrell Suggs role, not not from a performance perspective, mind you, uh, although he did have, I think it was nine and a half sacks last year. But he calls his shot a little bit. If he wants to rush uh, over on that other side, he's going to do it. You know, they like him to move around and he'll look for the best matchup for him. So if he thinks, if he goes over there and he thinks he's having his way and, and, and that's the best way to be disruptive, he'll see a lot of Judon too. So uh, there's no doubt. Um, I, I expect the Ravens to test, uh, test him. I expect them to blitz early and often, and, and we'll see. That's, that's just kind of the defense they like to play. And then when you throw in the other elements, of, you know, the rookie tackle and, and wanting to see, you know, want, wanting to make Mayfield make quick decisions and see how he's kind of handling this new offense and all that. I think it lends itself to very aggressive defensive approach Sunday. Ferguson's kind of a lanky speed type guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's kind of been, he's raw, you know, he's raw. He, he flashed a little bit at times last year, but he's the type of guy that really could not have helped uh, that, you know, he, they, he lost a lot of the offseason program. You know, they really wanted sure. to work with him. They didn't go out. You know, they, they were in on a bunch of outside linebackers at times, and they still could sign one, obviously not before Sunday's game. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about Ansa and, and some of these other, Clay Matthews, some of these other guys, because uh, there's some concern about his development. And he lost so much time this summer, um, you know, with the bad back. So so we'll see uh, what he can do. But, yeah, he, he's – 
he's a little bit raw, but he knows pass rushing. He's very smart. Uh, but he was just kind of a step slow last year. And just he was just always a half step behind a little bit. And they were hoping that, you know, he'd improve his explosiveness a little bit and his power and, and, and get there and be able to take the next step. So we'll see. So um, I've dealt with both Harbaugh brothers through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim is a complete wacko. <laughs> it's, it's genuine. Um, John, you know, I, I've, I've heard him, you know, kind of be standoffish with, with the media at times. Um, and, and this means nothing in the grand scheme, but uh, as I ramble here and collect my thoughts, I want to frame this. He was in a darn good mood yesterday, um, just talking with him and, you know, actually answering some of the questions I asked. So does he really like this team and really like their chances this weekend, or is he just excited for week one uh, like everybody else? I think there's a little bit of a combination, um, you know, of that um you know you got a better version than we did he wasn't as uh, okay. i mean not to say he was standoffish but he he hasn't said a whole lot for several weeks and i think this whole system where nobody's seen any of these teams because no preseason games yeah. and you know reporters are not in the building so there, there's you feel less in touch with the team than you ever have and sure. i think the head coaches love that you know i think that puts them in a good mood and and some of them are answering even less because they don't have to answer for stuff so uh but no um i think he does really like this team i mean this is this is a very deep roster it's a combination of a lot of young players plus plus a good core of vets um and they're kind of all in on how the ravens do things uh we we, we saw we saw the whole Earl Thomas uh, meltdown this this off season or this training camp, excuse me, and and I think he was kind of the last guy that was you know everyone just it just wasn't easy to have him around. He clearly wasn't buying in, and I think that was creating a lot of ang- angst among the coaching staff and and the players. But with him gone, you know, the leader of the team just loves football. He's like the most popular guy in the locker room. And I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. So it's easy to be a coach, to be excited when you have that guy, um, you know, and how he handles himself on and off the field. So, yeah, no, no doubt. I think he really likes this team. I think he's excited. Um, But, you know, the Ravens are in a tough spot because let's face it. You couldn't basically have a better regular season that they had last year other than, you know, obviously going 16-0. and um, So anything they do this regular season uh, really is not going to matter as long as they're able to, to earn that playoff berth. Uh, they're going to be judged solely what happens in mid to late, mid to late January. Right. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get that reputation as the team that keeps getting, you know, to the playoffs and, and has these early round uh, meltdowns at home. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on them going like going forward, um, but I, I think they do like what they have. They've handled this off season well, um, and, and they should be in a good spot. I mean, you look up and down the roster; there's Pro Bowl players there, so uh, uh, they should they sh- they have every right to believe they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender as the season starts. Well, here in Cleveland, we want those first world problems, Jeff. <laughs> We want high expectations. Um, every year I say the bar being low is not a bad thing because, you know, just a little progress. And then every year uh, the shit hits the fan here. So we'll see. Uh, I think the Browns have had a smart off season. I could nitpick. I could, like I always could. Um, I have concerns, you know, um, but, but I, I really think like whether the Browns play well on Sunday and either sneak a win or barely lose or whether they get shellacked, like, more than ever, the season is just beginning. 
right? And, and you mentioned specifically, we're going to see some strange week one results. I think we're going to see some strange week one, two, three, four results as teams yeah. kind of find themselves here. Yeah, no, no doubt. I don't, you know, we're all judging based on what happened last year and what teams did in the off season. But, um, you know, the reality is we don't know how good certain teams are. And there's always every year, there's always a couple teams that are much better than anybody thought and a couple teams that are much worse. And, uh, you know, this year with the lack of off season and all that stuff, I think it's going to be even more volatile in terms of that. Uh, but it should be fun. I'm just unhappy, Zach. I know it was one of your highlights to come to M&T Bank and see all like the Matt Stover jerseys and the exactly. Peter, Peter Bullwares and the Tony Saragusas. So you're going to kind of get robbed of, uh, of that this weekend. But hey, at least it'll be a game to watch. I'm still going to go to Nick's Fish House. Maybe not go there, but I'm going to get it delivered to my room like seven times. It's <laughs> a wise decision. <laughs> I'm a pro. I'm a pro at this. All right. Um, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, I think it doesn't matter what we think anyway. But as we get out of here, let's. how about a game prediction for Sunday? Um, I'm, I'm going to predict the Ravens in a close one and an ugly one, kind of maybe like a, a 2017-type game that – that, that gets it gets kind of exciting late and is in doubt throughout. Um, but, you know, as I said, I, I do think this will be a, this will be a pretty close game. And I agree with your thoughts that, you know, early on, it could be very much a feeling out process and just trying not to mess up. Yeah. I'm in the same range. I'm in like the 24, 14. Um, I, I don't think the Browns will, I think the Browns will be in trouble when they, when they have to, to throw the ball. And that's not to say that Baker's going to melt, or it's not to say that, um, the blitz is going to totally collapse Cedric Wills, but I just think their only ticket is to run, to set up the play action and keep it close throughout. So uh, for that, that would take tackling on the other side. And I think even if it is sloppy, and I certainly expect it to be, I certainly expect either um, Lamar to slip one or for Marquise Brown to slip behind the defense and really put the pressure on. So uh, I'm glad there's football. I'm glad you guys are listening. Subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash civilizedbarking. You get an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss breaking stories on all your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash civilizedbarking to get an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. Jeff, thank you, my friend. I look forward to, I don't know, are we allowed within 50 feet of each other on Sunday? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I heard the press box is partitions, glass like partitions between each spot to make sure. So, uh, but we'll, we'll have to keep our distance, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I'll just text go, you like always. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. All right well, safe man. travels, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. So, so thanks for listening. Um, Again, we don't know the exact routine. We'll get you one on Sunday Sunday night or Monday morning, and uh, then we'll be back at it at some point as the Browns get ready for another game on Thursday. Football is back. This has been Civilized Barking.